Well, I feel like I could start by just saying, let's bring the band up, do the last song like three more times, and then we'll just be done, because that's kind of our story. You guys stole a little bit of where, where we're going, uh, but that's good. Uh, so, yeah, this is just supposed to be a word of encouragement that we're going to, our, our, our stone is really simple. It's the faithfulness of God, right? That God is faithful to his word and to his promises. I'll share a little bit of what that looked like in the last season, if you will, for me, and Trish will share what that looked like for her, but... This is just sort of like a microcosm, two pages from a multi-volume work that God has been doing uh, in us. Really, since we met, that's kind of, yeah. that's just sort of our MO. What is God saying? What are we doing about it? Do what he says and when he says it. And here's the funny thing, though. God gives you a promise. You feel like, well, that sounds good. And it is good, by the way. Uh, if God speaks, it's always good. But it's the journey from A to B doesn't always look exactly like we think. And that's kind of something I think you're going to pull out of this. But for us, from when we met to our kids to do we come back to Fusion, our crazy uh, career path, the house we live in, all these things, it's sort of, okay, God, what is this where we're supposed to be? And we don't want to move until we feel like you literally and physically until you give us the, <laughs> yep. the green light to do that. And then the other thing that I hope is sort of throughout is this idea that we're always trying to seek God's word in terms of what is he saying both in his written word and in his revealed word. So like the logos meaning actual scripture and then sort of revelation. And that's the inner witness of the Holy Spirit and also the community of believers around us, people that are actually listening with and for us. Does that sound? Yeah. That sound right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Kick us off, Trish. All right. Um, yeah, as Mark said, the stone is God's faithfulness, and it looks different for both of us. So I have to go back to, like, the end of 2019 is kind of where I'll start. I mean, <laughs> there's a whole lot more of my story. If you'd like to know, I'd love to have coffee with you, do whatever. But um, the end of 2019, I had all of my kids in school for the first time in my whole entire life. And their I, whole entire life. Well, their whole entire life, yes. But my whole entire mom career, um, I had them all in school. I, that beginning of that year, I was like, yes, I have expectations. I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to be have a routine, all this stuff. None of it worked out. None of it. So at the end of 2019, I was in a depression. I didn't know that until I came out of it. But I felt like it was probably the worst place I'd been in in a really long time. Like, just, I felt like a failure because I had agendas and plans and I couldn't, I couldn't do it, even with all my kids in school. Like, I was like, I, I can't do anything. Like, you know, you're supposed to like try and find yourself again, whatever that means. But <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna do that. And none of it worked out the way that I planned. And so, anyway, I felt like 2020 actually started like me starting to come out of this depression. I was meeting with Missy like three times a week and we were working out and we were talking and I was understanding my feelings and I wasn't alone. And then COVID hit, which you all felt that too. But then it was like all of my kids were back at home. Like, and we had no idea what we were doing ever. Like 
We didn't know what school was looking like. We didn't know what home. We didn't know what, like, the virus, none of it. So, like, what Chael talked about last week, this, like, the control that you think that you had, like, was completely gone. Like, that was gone, too. So, you know, you would think I would regress back into the state I was at the end of 2019. And I did for a little bit. And then I felt like, I was like, God, I can't. I can't do this again. Like, that's just not where I feel like you're calling me to go, especially with all of the kids at home. And I really need to be present and aware in what you're doing. And I felt him specifically say to me, I'm giving you a redo with your kids. Like, I'm going to change your heart toward them that you get to spend time with them in a way that you didn't get to before because you were in the midst of crazy of having five kids and five and a half years and you were just trying to survive where now they're a lot older and you get to have conversations with them and you get to actually engage in a way that you haven't been able to and so knowing that really catapulted a whole new season of God drawing me close to him and then drawing me close to my kids. And it wasn't perfect. <laughs> there were definitely like bad days in there, but I felt like it was a time that God was like, you're not going to be mastered by your feelings. You're gonna be mastered by what I say. <laughs> and that was really hard because it's so easy to feel something and then just go off and like follow that path. But, you know, is it Chris Vallotton that yes. says like, feelings are good indicators, sure. servants, but not good masters. So I feel like that was something that God was teaching me and he highlighted all the fruits of the spirit of, I was saying to Mark, I was like, you know, we always go with like love and joy and peace. And then we always in kindness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And I feel like God was highlighting the self-control for me. Like you are not going to get angry at your kids. You are not going to indulge your feelings with food or drink or vegging out or those kinds of things. He's like, we are going to strip those things away and I'm going to show you what it looks like to live self-controlled so that like love and joy and peace and all the rest of the fruits of the spirit actually come out of the self-control piece. And so, yeah, that was just, I, I feel like it's hard because you're like, man, COVID was really hard, but I feel like I have come out of 2020 like a different person, like much better than I am in 2019. And you wouldn't have thought that that would have been the case at all. But God took this crazy, hard, like disturbance and just turned it on its head and like just changed the dynamic of our house, I think. So... Meanwhile, in the other room, <laughs> yes, I was he works working, from home always. And mine kind of has to do, actually, completely has to do with the season I was in in work. I won't get into what I do because nobody really understands it. Um, like Chandler from Friends or whatever. I was like, this is a mystery. I was like, what is that guy? Okay. I was explaining, actually, my monster. compensation in terms of how I work because I don't, so I, I've never had a salary since I've like gone on my own. Just this idea of like, I, 
sometimes make money and sometimes I don't. That's the overall simplification. But I was telling my good buddy uh, Culpepper one time about this when we were camping, and he's like, I'm getting anxious just listening <laughs> to you describe how this works. Um, so it had been over 15 months um, since I'd actually made any money. In fact, I'd been losing money, but that's, that's, a, that's just the backdrop before COVID hit. But just imagine putting in eight to nine hour work days for over a year and making nothing because that's where I was at. Cheery stuff, I, I know. Uh, but the entire time I had a piece that was starting to waver that I was still where I was supposed to be. I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And it's like you look back and you go, well, God was there and he was there and he was there and he was there and he was there and, he was there and now I'm here. So whatever he did to get me here, I think he, he knows what he's doing to take me where it is I'm going, right? And quick, quick sidebar tangent before like going to where things bottomed or turned around. But I think we have this temptation sometimes. It's like, God, I thought this is where I was supposed to go. Or I thought I heard you in this thing. And then there's a temptation to say, well, did I hear it wrong? Or did I screw something up that then like nullified whatever it is that like God had said or whatever door he was open? Did that like close halfway on me? Like as I was, you know, kind of coming through it. And did I screw this thing up in some way? And here is really where I think seeking God in his word, finding promises, and then having other people pray and really listen along with you to say, okay, God, like, what's going on here? And oftentimes, and this is biblical, by the way, I'm not making this up. Uh, these are invitations. Obstacles and times of testing are just invitations for us to go deeper in abiding in an intimacy with God. I know that sounds good, but let me tell you, like, if you've ever gone, I see some people like, oh, I know what you're talking about. Like, it's, it doesn't always feel the best. And this idea that God is faithful, even regardless of how we're feeling about it, to the point Trish was making before. I think one of the best stories, though, is like in Mark chapter 6. Read it on your own time. But this is before Jesus walks on the water and after he feeds the 5,000. He dismisses the crowds, tells the disciples, go get in the boat and then paddle across the lake. Everybody's riding high. The disciples do exactly what they're told, and Scripture says they head right into rough waters, directly into rough waters. Same thing happens in Mark chapter 4, different time, and the disciples kick up into, into rough waters, and I think these are invitations for us to really examine, where's our faith? Okay, God, you called me into this, and now it feels like I don't know, even know where the path went right here. Like, did I? Like, what happened? And that's what Jesus asks in both those stories. Where's your faith? If you read the one in Mark 4, Jesus is actually sleeping while water's coming over the side of the boat, and they wake him up. And he goes, guys, wh where's your faith? Calms the wind down. I love the disciples' response. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> and, like, just sidebar. Like, never underestimate Jesus' ability to speak peace to a storm. Never. Where's our faith? And if you can sleep in a storm, then you can speak peace to it. And that's true. Like, so if I've had victory and breakthrough in something, I can probably speak some peace and victory in something in your life that's like, I have no idea. I feel like I'm just lost at sea. And if I, if, if I have peace here, then I can start speaking peace 
to that which is around me. Does that make sense? Sorry, a little preach there. Back to the story. So in, in Jesus' story there, like the waves calm down like on a dime. It's just like, okay, that's enough. And whoosh, like that's sort of the, the way the text describes it. And that's exactly, guys, how it happened in terms of like my career. It wasn't like I was derailing, but it was just sort of like, when am I going to start seeing some breakthrough? And then literally in March of 2020, as the world is unraveling, I'm finding opportunity after opportunity and had month after month and month after profitable month. And I was like, Trish, you're not going to believe this. And she was like, well, we, we thought God was going to turn this thing around at some point. And then it was like, and this month too. And then this month. Yeah. And almost to the point where it was like, what is happening? This feels overwhelming. <laughs> then in the middle of that, I had a guy who I'd sown a bunch of relational capital. What I mean by that meaning all I had done is Hey, can you do me this favor and that favor and that kind of thing? I'm gonna and use never... your name to make money, kind yeah, of. Yeah, can I can I use your name <laughs> and your trading record to promote my stuff, but not pay you for it? And it always felt like, okay, fine, I'll do that. He calls me and says, "Can you do me a favor for a couple of weeks?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, fine. You know, I've been doing favors for you for years. What's what's another couple of weeks?" And then after a couple of weeks, he was like, "I'd like to pay you," and I said, "No, no, I don't want to do that." And because I was listening to other people and Jen and some others had given me given me some words in the past saying this isn't going to look exactly like what you think it's going to look like like years ago in the past yeah, some of these years. were years ago yes. yes I can read one of them to you too I had it up on my phone if, if we have time but long story short I basically just told this guy no I'm doing this as a favor and he goes well name your price and so then I was like <laughs> okay let me think about that and so I prayed about it, and then I asked uh, some other people, both in and outside of our business. And so I basically named a price that was like, figured he'd be like, no way. And he was like, sold. <laughs> so not only did the non-regular income then like all of a sudden start rolling in, it was like I have, we had this thing called regular income. Yeah, I don't know like, what that is. <laughs> like for the first time ever. Uh, so Woo, praise God. Glory to God, as the charismatics would say. Um, back to the stone, right? God's faithfulness to his word and to his promises trumps all circumstance. Mm -hmm. And this is a part of our church, too. So another kind of funny story. Sorry about that. In the, what was it, March, we had like an elders leader meeting. And just talking about, like, what are we going to do and all this different kind of stuff. And Chill really just prophesied and said, our budget is going to, like, blow up. And I'm like the economic kind of guy. And I didn't, I was sort of sitting there going like, listen, uh, <laughs> let me explain to you how recessions and shutdowns and all this kind of stuff. Like the income doesn't go up, buddy. Uh, didn't he say like 200%? I can't remember. Whatever Chael like said, it was true. Why? Because it was God that was saying it. And yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm more encouraged about the state of our church financially, which, which, which we should be celebrating as much as yes. anything else. Yes. Guys, Woo! we're really yes. close to not ever having to do this again i'm speaking like i'm believing for that yeah so a couple of tangents and a sidebar but yeah that's that's our this is our that's our stone for this season we want to give a couple of takeaways and just sort of how should we say i don't know yeah tidbits practical application yes, that's the word from all of that <laughs> so i'll let trish do numero uno okay well, 
just as Marky was talking about, you know, God's faithfulness, like, is bigger than our circumstances or how we can actually pull those things off. Like, it's not based on our performance or perfectionism or failures. Like, his faithfulness trumps everything. And one of the, there were a couple things that stuck out to me about his life, about faithfulness or not being determined on uh, circumstances, but you would think, like, with the markets and economy and how things were going, that he wouldn't have been blessed in that. But God totally opened up the floodgates and just turned it on its head. And then the idea of, like, me coming out of, like, depression, and then you would think I'd go back in, but I totally exploded in relationship with God and um, those kinds of things. So those were just little examples um, that came to mind with that. But also in one of the passages that we've been just really looking at as a couple also we have really spent a lot more time praying together which sounds like oh you should be doing that as a couple but I really feel like that was part of it was like we took the time in the mornings and got up and prayed like it was only like maybe 10 minutes but it was something that we did together that I think really also just catapulted like our family so that was my sidebar so um in luke 8 it talks about like you know the parable of the sower and then he tells the meaning of you know what it all means and so i'm going to read verses it's 8 verses 11 through is it 15 15 yes this is the meaning of the parable the seed is the word of god those along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they will fall away. It doesn't say when or if, it says in the time. So you will be tested. And so it's really more of like the soil What's it going to fall on? So then the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. And so that's one of the things I think God has highlighted for us in the idea of this faithfulness it's 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 both and like god is a both and god he's he's not just one side or the other his faithfulness comes but sometimes there's also responsibility on our part for those promises to like we got to steward some stuff and so this question that I have from this passage is how are you cultivating the soil of your heart so that you can grow the seed or promises that God has for you? And God will take those trials. They will come. And what is that doing to the soil of your heart? Are you letting it be softened? Are you letting it have, uh, have the good top soil? Or is it turning into stone? Or is it turning into like totally hard like ground that can't like the word can't even penetrate in there and 
So I just, yeah, what in a time of testing, like your heart will be revealed. And so I just would encourage you to be the soil, have your heart be the soil that receives God's word, whether it's the written word or the revealed word from the community or the Holy Spirit. And one of the, I think this is my personal opinion, but I think one of the key measurements of success in the kingdom is surrender is how much are you going to surrender to God? What are you going to give to him in your time of testing? For me, it was this idea of control. <laughs> First of all, that I don't have any, but the idea that like I have to surrender this whole process of what I thought, my agenda, my plan, and surrender that to what God has. Because obviously, he has something better. He has a better plan. He has better outcomes than I could even imagine. And so, yeah, I just was like, I was like, yes, surrender. That is such a key measurement of success. And did you want me to talk about abiding? Sure. Okay. And then just one of our last takeaways, I think, um, is just the idea of abiding. Like, I know we say that word a lot, um, and so it can just kind of like slip off the back of our, you know, ears, back of our ears. I don't even know what that is. But whatever, you know, it just kind of rolls through us like, oh, yeah, we got to abide, whatever. Um, but abiding does actually take work. It takes work to abide because it totally goes against our culture. It goes against our nature. And in Psalm 46.10, it says, be still and know that I am God. This is a verse that I clung to. Um, I would listen to that Jeremy Riddle song um, that we sang the first week. That's a whole other story that I can share about. But um, that first week that we did the whole like live stream, we had no idea what we were doing. But that song, like I just put it on over and over and over again because it just reminds me that be still God's in control. He's here. And how else are we going to know what God wants us to do or what he's doing if we don't spend time with him? If we don't spend time listening to what the Holy Spirit is doing? Yeah. John and our, we're calling the band guys up. Just last word from me, too. And then I think Chael's taking the mic back. Uh, <laughs> to Trisha's point about, you know, the be still, it's finding, like, what has God said? What are the promises? And I just want to say, if you don't have people that are praying for you and listening for you, get some. Like, put your There's hand up if you're willing to do that for somebody else. Because I'm willing to, you listen, if, if something we've said is registered with you, we want to pray and listen for you tonight. Like, we're over there. Like, come any night. That's what I love about our church, too. Here's one of the things, though, I thought was kind of funny. I would just share, like, this was something gentiller. Her and a couple other people I asked like years ago now to start regularly like praying once a quarter or something for our business. And she started this one saying like, Mark, I don't really understand what you do, but here's what I feel like I heard. <laughs> Cliff Notes version. His blessing and favor and anointings on your business and you're just beginning to scratch the surface also felt like he was showing me there's going to come a point when it seems as though you're at a dead end and something isn't going to work out. Hello? <laughs> And I remember saying to Jen at one point, she's like, do you remember that word? I was like, uh-huh. I've read it every week for the last six months. 
Like, I thought that was going to be like one minute, not like one year. But having these things, guys, you, I just can't put, I can't put a value like, on how they're invaluable. And same thing for promises in his word. I can give you texts, but it's so much better if you're in there mining them out. I made a decision, and I'm, I'm still in this camp. Like, if our ship is going down, I'm going down tethered to the promises I feel like God's given me in his word. Mm -hmm. Yeah.